Welcome to Tuesdays with Andrea. It's the inspiration station for everyday people guiding humanity forward. I'm your host, Andrea Rios McMillan, and every week I pursue conversations that matter with people who can relate to the common struggles we all face. You'll get to know the person behind the profession and find commonality with people of all ages, cultures, and backgrounds. Listen as friends, neighbors, and coworkers offer meaningful, personal explorations of modern life and the values we hold dear, all for the purpose of strengthening and uplifting others. Okay, so let's get to that point. So now you're in Kosovo, you have this great revelation and some insight from God, really true perspective Mm -hmm. and clarity and vision. Mm -hmm. And then you marry Like, how does that happen? I was. I was in a good place. Yeah. And then I started doing volunteer work. Like, we thought was the one. Remember? Like, we're like, okay. All right. And and I thought so, too. Rural Bible Church had a prison ministry for young girls. Mm -hmm. And I remember going there every Tuesday night. It's an actual prison for young girls, 11 through 18 in Warrenville. Yes. And I've never experienced anything like that before. I'm still working through things myself, trying to take care of my kids and trying to learn about God. Like I learned you had to be prayed up because you went in there and I felt like I was beat up with these girls because it was crazy. It was tough. There's a lot of things in there that it's just different. It's hard, but you love them and you just love them. The chaplain there, you feel for those girls that are there. And I understand because a lot of them I really get it. I get, it's like, I get you. I get you. But I still had two girls of my own and telling him that, sitting down in his office and saying, look, I really love working here, but I have to admit it. I mean, what kind of fool is going to go out and try to save other people's kids and lose their own in the process? You know, I, I, I just can't do that. You know, it's like, think, think that would be like, crazy of me I'm coming here every Tuesday and then you know my girls are at that age now and I'm out here and trying to save someone else's kids and then my girls are going to be you know caught up in stuff because I'm not home and I remember telling him that and he said well you know what let's just pray about it and so when we prayed about it I remember he was sharing with me we're praying and he says you know what Daya he says, I kind of, he says, I feel like the Lord is saying to you, you take care of my kids and I'll take care of yours. And when he said that, it's like something clicked in me. Like, this is truth. This sounds like you, God. So I believed it. I believed it. And I'm like, Okay. That knowing, so when I talked earlier about, well, when that still small voice, it's like a still small voice and it sounds like your own voice, but there's like a knowing that comes to it. It's like a deep knowing inside your own spirit. It's like a knowing where there's no reason or rhyme or anything to it. It's just like, you just know. Everybody's given a measure of truth. You know, we're all given like faith and we're all given truth. And when you tap into that and you get that feeling, it's like, oh, like this, this is resonating in me. Like, yeah, I, I feel this, 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 yeah, there's something to this here. 
But I tell you, every Tuesday driving back, I'm like, oh, Lord, Jesus, watch all my girls. And I'm like hearing all these stories from these girls, all the trouble they got in because their parents weren't around. Yeah. Yeah, but that's all I had to hold on to was believing when he said that I had to believe that was his word. And he's faithful to his work and he's faithful to his word. And so when you got pregnant, oh my gosh, let me tell you. (laughs) Tell me. I I made you a grandma. How old old were you? 36. Can you, I'm 35. (gasps) Can you imagine? I was like, oh, hecky, no. (laughs) I was so mad. I'll never forget. I was in tears. I was crying about that. Not the day of. The day of, you were great. Well, you done threw in a whole big old thing in my plan. I was like, what? <gasps> okay, so tell I me. I was so mad. I was so mad at God. I mean, I was so mad. And that's the beautiful thing is God can handle your anger. I just remember sitting in a car, crying my eyeballs out, and calling Sandy, my friend Sandy. She called me, asking me to encourage her about something. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know nothing anymore. I don't know anything anymore. Because God let me down. He let me down. Because, see, I've been doing everything I'm supposed to do. I've been taking care of his girls, and he did not take care of mine. I was so mad. I'm like, he did not take care of mine. Because, look, look, she pregnant. You slacked on the job, God. I'm so mad at you right now. I can't even trust you anymore. Why were you more mad at God than me? I don't know. Like, why? I don't know. Because, why is this God's because, fault? Because God's greater than you are. Because <laughs> God's greater than you are. And you know what? And you know what, too, I think? I think, first of all, it's like I would never, ever want to put any hurt or pain on you, Grace. Yeah. That's the first thing. And you don't. And, 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 and I didn't you want don't. you to feel ashamed. I didn't want you yeah, to feel you ashamed. Were, in that moment, you were so graceful. Like, so like, okay, it's Okay. We're going to get through this. You'll be fine. I was shocked because I was prepared for battle. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm pregnant. Are we going to duke it out because she's going to be so bad? <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh. Mm. I was so scared. And you were so graceful, so loving. So, I, and I felt like, oh, she's been through this before with her. You know, she knows what it's like. Right. So I'm like, Okay, the compassion is strong with her. (laughs) (laughs) With you. But then I said, well, you know how the the wife goes to the husband? Yeah. What? That's what I did. I said, what? Yeah. I said, what? (laughs) Where were you? And then what happened? I go back to the promises that he gives me. And that's when I look in the Bible and he reminds me of all the promises that he gave me and everything he brought me through. And you think about everything he brought me through that far. Like David, when he slew Goliath, how did he know he could take on Goliath? Because God was with him when he took down the bear. Mm-hmm. And God was with him when he took down the lion. So Goliath wasn't nothing. So it's like, God, you've proven yourself. I was just mad for a minute. I was just mad because I was disappointed. And I thought, and forgive me. Forgive me. Because, see, I know you love me. And we can take our anger on those that we know that love us. Yeah. And I knew that. It's like, okay. Okay. You make all things good. Because it reminds me, I got you. It's like, do you believe me or not? Yeah. Like, it's like, serious. It's like, you either believe me or you don't. Yes. Because only I can give life. Mm -hmm. And if I gave life, that means I'm going to do something really good here. 
Yeah. And then you're in, you're like, okay, I'm ready. Um, Let's do this. And where would you be now without your John? John. Where would you be now? My baby, my baby, (laughs) all of them. So cute. (laughs) Where would Jason be? Okay. So I got pregnant guys. We know this happens. Um, It turns out well, though, I finished school and she ends up meeting this guy that we, we, we all thought he was the one. I mean, initially we thought so. See, we have to work through our issues. We have to work through those issues. Otherwise it's going to spill over in every aspect. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened there because as we were dating and when we got engaged, it was great. But then once we were engaged, those red flags started coming out. And I remember going to the pastors and saying, wait a minute now. I'm getting some red flags here and I'm just not feeling this is good for me right now. And I remember them saying, Dahlia, make no mistake. Make no mistake. Like the Lord told me that was my husband. This is your husband. And I'm like, Mm, I don't know about that. So can we change the date then? Because I'm still not feeling this right now. Like, I'm ready to change the date at least. Because I'm just not feeling this. has got a lot of red flags and it's just like, mm, I'm not sure here. And she says, nope, you don't change the date. This is the man for you. And myself... Going back to my own issues, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to own that, because I have to own that. It was me. I could have said, no, God doesn't tell you who to marry in this day and age. He gives us free will. But there, I, I was like, okay. Because I think you submitted mm-hmm. your authority, your knowing. Mm-hmm towards people who are in appearance Mm -hmm. in positions of authority. We do this all the time with work, Mm -hmm. with our bosses. We do this all the time with rent and our Mm -hmm. landlords or, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's an area in which you're going to a pastor, someone in a authority position, especially Mm -hmm. a godly position. There's almost a different level of of reverence mm-hmm. there because you, like, you don't want to go against God's person but at the same time what you're saying is true mm-hmm. what you are saying is very important which is no one can tell you what is for you truth ever ever uh, ever they can maybe at that time was going off of faith mm-hmm. like God this is what you're telling me and I'm going to speak it but that doesn't mean that that's yours to carry. Mm-hmm. And so when we when we give that authority, that deferred, like basically you're deferring the decision to someone mm-hmm. else, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's where, that, yes, that happens. And I think that happens a lot of times in the church. And, and you know what? It remember, a lot. Because uh, God's name is now invoked. Right. And that's what I don't like. I hate that. Right. I hate when somebody else tells me what God is trying to tell me. I allowed myself to get to a point where I believed that I didn't hear God's voice anymore. They were the voice of God. Where they had special access. Basically, you mm-hmm. devalued yourself 
again. And that was just another example of that whole scenario kind of break, like repeating. Down, right? It's just a bad marriage. That's mm-hmm. all it was. Thank and it you. wasn't even the people. Andy wasn't bad. Wasn't bad. It wasn't the right fit. And it wasn't the right time. And it wasn't the right thing that you needed. But God. But yeah. God is so good. Mm-hmm. But God is so good that he's faithful to who he is. That when I married when I married him, it just completely turned around. So ugly. It got so ugly so quick. Like reverse. Mm-hmm. And it got so ugly, like super quick. What changed was when he lost his job. Mm-hmm. That's what changed. So he lost his value. So he devalued me. Because whenever you devalue someone else, you feel better about yourself. So he lost his job. He didn't feel good about himself. He took a job in Missouri. Didn't even talk to me about mine. You were married. Okay. And then I'm like, okay, well, can I go over there and visit you on the weekends at least? And he said, no, I'm too busy working, too busy doing this. And it's like, you feel the cold shoulder right away. All of a sudden it's like, hmm. And before where he was making a, a substantial amount of money and I was making a small amount of money compared to what he was making and he didn't care mind you I had zero debt at this time I had no debt and he had huge debt but he was making a lot of money but and I was making a little money but I had no debt and so he takes this job unbeknownst to me and I'm living in this humongous house and mind you I've never worked two jobs did I ever work two jobs? No, nope, never. Not, not from with us. Ever, ever. Yeah, we never had you working two jobs. Go, baby, go. <laughs> right, right. And we traveled all over, the, and we did so much things, and we had a great life. And I never worked two jobs. Here I marry somebody, and he's making this large amount of money, and I'm working two jobs. Like, what the heck is this? Like, excuse me? Wait a minute. And I did that because when he lost his job, I wanted to get insurance for us. So now I'm getting up at four thirty in the morning, so I, four o'clock in the morning, so I can be at work by five at Caribou Coffee, and then I would go to my second job at the barber shop. I mean, there was times where I, I had a pickle for dinner, a pickle, because I was so tired, mm-hmm. and I never had to do that when I was a single mom. Yeah, and here I'm married to this other person that's making a substantial amount of money. I'm trying to keep up this big house. He's gone, and he's just being horrible. Yeah. And wouldn't even let me go see him. And then while I'm working, he would come. Remember when he took all the beds out of the house? All the beds. And I was so tired. I thought, Lord, I just want to sleep. Why did he take the beds out? To make me feel uncomfortable to move out. Wow. Yeah. Wow. He was that nasty. And I remember one of my friends, one of my customers, actually, because my customers were so wonderful. Um, one of my customers, him and his wife brought over an inflatable bed. And I slept on that until I got, I said, Lord, I just need a bed. And that weekend, I actually found a beautiful bed that was so much better than what we had before. And God always did that. Whatever he would take, he would take when I was at work. And God would give me something at such a cheap price, so much better. And 
it was crazy. So here I'm going through this and I'm talking to my customer and this was incredible. This is how good God is. So here I'm going through all this and I'm just trying to hold on. Did you want out at that point? Did you want to leave? No, because I was, I was holding on to my faith. This was a time where I felt like I was locked in with God no matter what. It's just a Lord, this is no longer between me and This is between me, you, and So I had found out at that time, because through phone bills and so forth, I found out that he was having an affair with this other person over there. And when I found out, he cut everything off. He cut this phone off. He cut his address. And I had no way of contacting this person I just, I just married for nine months. No contact whatsoever. Zero. I could have died and he had no clue. And he didn't even care. And it was like, Lord, this is no longer between him and I. It's between you and I. And I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you. Mm-hmm. I don't even get it. Because at first I was like, I'm so mad. I had to come to a place where it's like, Lord, nothing matters but you. I didn't even care anymore. At that point, it's like, I'm going to leave this to you. He's yours. Because honestly, at that time... Thank you for bed, listening to Tuesdays to with me, Andrea. There are hundreds of thousands of podcasts like, out there, and I appreciate like, oh you gosh, making the time to listen to mine. If you like this show and want to know more, check out TuesdaysWithAndrea.com. Or please leave a review on iTunes or drop a line in the YouTube comment section. Until next time, please stay kind in your mind, nice on the web, and stay hella hopeful in your heart. And... I have no clue what he's doing. I know he's out there and I'm like, I don't even care anymore. I don't even care. I don't care that he's with somebody anymore. I don't even care. I don't want to know. I just know that you work things out for good. So I'm going to believe that. And then I read about Abigail and David. And Abigail was married to a wealthy man. But he was a fool. And when I read that, I'm like, wait a minute. This sounds like me. Here, this man's a wealthy fool. And I thought, Lord, you either give me a king or make this man a king. Because, see, there's nothing you can't do. So you either make a king or you give me a king. Because, see, you're, you're even keel with all of us. You'll do the same that you do for everybody, you'll do for anybody. So if you did that for Abigail, you can do it for me. So either make this man a king or give me a king. And at that point, I decided I had already left from ELM, and I decided to go to a different church because I just didn't think that that was for them to tell me who I should be married to. In other words, I started thinking for myself and believing for myself. I had to be separated. I had to get away from all the other voices and, and just enough already. I need to hear from you myself. Do you feel like that's where your power yes. came in? Yes. Oh, my gosh. When you went through that, were you, how did you feel? Were you scared? Were you free? Did you feel power? First of all, I was exhausted because, remember, I'm working two jobs like I've never had to work before, yeah. and I'm exhausted. And then I felt like I was getting, after I got through the anger, because we have to, it's like a grief, you know, it's like kind of going through grief mm-hmm. when you realize this, like, wait a minute here. And this man could care less. I'm his bride and he could care less if I live or die. And then he's taking all the beds out and trying to make me as uncomfortable as I can to be here. What the heck is this crap? And then it's like, are you kidding me? And then I hear from God working through me. And it's like, okay, okay. 
So this is where I think I really started working through my stuff. Really like, what the heck is really going on with me? Why would I even, like, what the heck? Why would I let someone else tell me who to marry? Yeah. What the hell? And they go back on the whole valuing thing. All these years where you had people saying you're not good enough, you're not good enough, or you're not valuable, or, or you know, when, when I was married to and literally to my face that I find no comfort being married to you. Just horrible. And I'm being so mad, and, and God's like, stand down. Because I want you know, I want to knock him silly when he said that. Like, how dare you? How dare you? And the Lord says, stand down. If you defend yourself, I can't defend you. And I was so mad at that point because he was spewing all that ugly nastiness at me. And then he left. And I remember going to my closet, <laughs> which was much bigger there, and just being so mad at God and saying, Lord, why would you do that to me? Why would you make me stand? He made me look, you make me feel like a punk. You made me punk out. I was so mad, and God's like, do you trust me? So at that point, myself, I had to trust God on what he was doing, because mind you, through that, he was actually working through some of the things I had been going through. A lot of that, when you have people who are abusive in any way, whether it's physically or emotionally or verbally, okay, they're projecting. Yeah. A lot of times they're projecting their crap. But you know what? If I'm receiving it, if I'm owning his stuff, then I've got issues myself and I got to work through those. Yes. And that's the whole point. He says, I'm trying to get this crap out of you because see, you're better than all of this crap. I'm going to give you a king. And you recognize in that moment that there are areas that you also need to work on. And at that point, the best thing to do was to wait Mm -hmm. because you guys were also physically separated. Mm -hmm. And even though you didn't like him feeling like he had the upper hand because of how he was able to leave, Mm -hmm. you know, upset about that. But it's not because God wants God is saying, stand down and not advocate for yourself or not, not you know, put yourself in a better position. He's saying, there's something you need to learn here Mm -hmm. about yourself Mm -hmm. and why you're in this situation and you can leave, but it's not going to help. Because what was I doing? I was what? And before Jason, I was dating and going through what? Same person, different face. Yeah. Same person, different face. He says, you want something real? You want something new? Trust me. You said your pickers broke? then let me pick them before I even get the one for you. I got to work this stuff out of you because see, you wouldn't even be able to receive what I have for you because you're too busy looking at the same thing. I got to break all that off of you. I had to have that real alone time with God to even know how to receive love. And God says that no matter what we do, he, if we believe, it says he works all things out for those who love him. He works all things out for good. Yeah. He works all things out for good. So you either make him a king, you turn him around, or you give me a king. One or the other. You do it, Lord. So then what happened? And then what happened? So all of a sudden I get a phone call, and 20 minutes later I'm served with divorce papers. And I remember the attorney at that time was like, you know, you need to ask for something. I'm like, no, I want nothing from this man. I never want anything from this man other than to be my husband. 
So I don't know if you're a Christian or not, but I believe God's going to, he's brought me through so much already. I believe he's going to bring me through this. And she couldn't understand it, but she's like, can I have someone call you just again? <laughs> and I'm like, sure, knock yourself out. But whatever, because that knowing, that knowing is there. He's got me. It's like, I got you, boo. I don't need anything from no, you. I got nothing. I want nothing. I came in here, and I need nothing from you, right? So tell me why he wanted to give me half of his debt. Mm-mm. It's like, no. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Here you go. Here you go, and what did you tell? What did uh, you said? No, right? I said, "Excuse me." I said, "You're supposed to be like this man." What I'm did the attorney say after she found out you were, a weren't asking for anything from him, and then he wanted to pass you his debt? She just took care of business. She didn't say nothing. <laughs> she she knew what to do. Bam! <laughs> it's like, uh, and I remember saying. To him, look, you you pride yourself on being a, a man of whatever. That's like, you know what? I've never had anything from you. I had no z- zero debt. Zero. I said, the least you should do, I said, the least you should do is pay your own bills. Don't give them to me. You knew that I had nothing to do. And so he did. He paid his own. He he, he, he owned did. up on that. And yeah. He did. And then, so mind you, I'm working at Caribou Coffee Divorce is going through, getting up and smiling every day, going to work. I'm smiling because I'm going to spread that cheer because God is good. Mm-hmm. And um, every morning I have this whole group of people that worked out every morning and they come in and get coffee. And there's one person in particular who, you know, we felt really bad because I heard that his wife had cancer. And it's like, are you doing okay? Are you all right? You okay? And I remember just... You know, are you eating? Because <laughs> I know how I was at times. Like I told you, I had a pickle for dinner. It's like, are you eating? You know, and and it would come in. And she had passed already. And she passed. Then she, she passed. He was a widow. He was a widow. He was a widow. She passed. Away. And then after, but she did have cancer. She had cancer, and she, she passed from cancer. Yes. Yeah. And then it's like, I'll never forget how. One day when he came up and he said, look, my um, my friends had said that I should ask you out. And I remember thinking, mm, I don't know. Because I remember just praying to God and say, look, Lord, my picker's broke. I'm just not even, I'm done. I'm done. I'm just done. And the next person, you're going to have to do it. My picker's broke? My picker is broke. I've been, I've been picking the wrong ones. So I'm going to have to leave this to you. I'm done trying to pick anybody. I'm just done. And then when he invited me on, it was a ball. It was a doctor's ball. And I thought, you know, he's he's the safest person I could be around because there's just, you know, sure. I have not felt pretty. I had not just had fun. And he's not, no one that I would ever really go out with because we have nothing in common. We're completely different people. So it's the safest thing ever, sure. And so I agreed to go. And that night when we went, it was so funny because we're running through Molina Park. I have this big gown on 
and we're running through and someone stops and says, did you guys just get married? I was like, um, no, it's our first date. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, it was so comfortable. We just, that night, we just had fun. We didn't think about anything else. We just enjoyed each other's company. It was fun. And the next thing you know. You guys are married. A year later, a year to the first date, we're married. And it's that whole still small voice. See, this is a diamond. This is the rock is the that diamond. was the diamond in the mind stone mm-hmm. of it's Kosovo. Like that one was not yours. Yeah. This one is yours. Yeah. And to know that, and it's like his wife had passed from cancer. And that scripture that came back again, others have died so you can live, became so real. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand it. But our son, Michael, had had a dream. And he was just, you know, we were just talking about dreams. And he said he had this recurring dream that just, it would, he was actually crying when he shared the dream with me. It would, How old was he when he shared this? Maybe um, 10. Mm-hmm. Nine, ten, somewhere around there, and his lip was all quivering. He, was, he said he had this same dream. It, it was a recurring dream that he would have, and he said that he was at, at an airport with Jason and Ann and Maddie, and that he heard over the intercom that someone had to go. And Ann said, "I'll go," and she left, and she was gone. And then Jason said, "I'll be right back." I'll be right back. And he goes, and he just left me. Dad just left me. And I was here, and he just left me. And he was like, his lips quivering. He's ready to cry. He goes, and then he came back, and he just gave me a taco. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Literally. Yes, he did. Literally. A Mexican family. And I just said, I said, oh, honey. I said, what's mommy now? Latina. Yeah. I said, what's a taco? Yeah, Mexican. Yeah. I said, what does it do? It feeds you. It feeds you. It nourishes you. So oh, that's see, so funny. See, honey, it's not a bad dream. Here he thought it was a bad dream all the time that he yeah. had. But really, it's like, God, just down here, I'm going to give you something good. I'm going to give you a taco. Yeah, and in no way <laughs> replacing Anne. In no, no. way. In no way. Um, because in this dream, she 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 did it. She, 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 said, she, she volunteered. Yeah, yeah. I'll do it. See, others have died. So you, if, if that had not happened, we wouldn't have the life that we have right now. Yeah. And it wouldn't be as rich as it is right now. Rich in love and rich in care and family and, and health. And then going back again to the other scripture where, look, see your children from the north, the south, the east, and the west, carrying your sons and your daughters. And I'm like, what? What is that? What? I couldn't understand it either. And then I look at our family now, how yeah. diverse they are. Yeah, where Maddie's from, oh where God, Michael was from. born. Yeah, see John's from the Bahamas and Jane yeah. from Africa. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got all these sons and daughters. And it's so beautiful and so diverse. Yeah. And there's such love. Mm-hmm. Like, love. Love. And Jason, I mean, shortly after you guys got married, we're, you know, visiting you guys, and he is just beaming. He's like, man, I lucked out. I really lucked out. Mm-hmm. And to him, you are the most prized treasure mm-hmm. of his life. And I just remember in that point really remembering God's 
grace there. Like, mm-hmm. wow, God, you really, mm, you did yourself here. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. My doubt was, uh, you know, a little high. But you really did do this. That, and that's another promise. See, when you take God's promises, and I remember I would pray this all the time. It's like, Lord, you know me. And you know, I have a good imagination. You said exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask, think, or even imagine it. You know, I got a really good imagination. You're going to have to top that. And he did. And he did. <laughs> and he did. When I first met Jason and we first got married, I was so used to men jack me up and take my money and mess me up and like even with all that money trying to, trying to give me his debt and stuff like that, that I'm like, you have your account, I have my account. Jason's a doctor. I'm a barber. Hello, who's making more money, right? And I'm like, you have your account? I have my account. And he had more, and I love it. And he'd say, honey, what are you doing? Don't you know that everything that's mine is yours? So he couldn't understand me, and I couldn't understand him because I was still working through that mentality, working through it. I had to have some that really loved, that really withheld no good thing from me because I didn't know what that was like either. I didn't know. I had no reference. So all I knew was this little bit is mine and that's all I have. It took me a whole year, a whole year for me to get it, that he really meant it when he said, all that's mine is yours. What I love about Jason is that he looks at it in the exact same way, but with family like oh my gosh look what she's bringing to the table yes oh my gosh i got all these grandkids i have the richest man ever yeah i have more family i have more people but to him this is what you bring this is also something that you add to his life is a richness a goodness um a faithfulness a loyalty uh faith in itself that's what I love about your guys' relationship and, is... And it's drawn him out. He saw He's a person that he never thought he would ever be. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. The neighbors are like, what? You know, like he never thought he'd love motorcycles like he does. Yeah, he's a motorcycle lover. Oh, my gosh. I know. More than me now. God had to take me to a place where one day I hear that still small voice again and saying, Delia... Jason is founding father to Page Metal Group, and he's a site leader. He's this, he's given all these credentials of Jason, right? And he's just so respected and loved, right? I said, yes, Lord. He says, and you're his equal. Just blew me away. He says, you're his equal. Like, don't you dare think of yourself any less. Wow. For reminding me who I am. Who are you? That smart, tough, rebel, badass woman who may not have the degrees, but has all the life lessons and all the love. 
Thank you for listening to Tuesdays with Andrea. There are hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, and I appreciate you making the time to listen to mine. If you like this show and want to know more, check out TuesdaysWithAndrea.com or please leave a review on iTunes or drop a line in the YouTube comment section. Until next time, please stay kind in your mind, nice on the web, and stay hella hopeful in your heart.